And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome to the Stomatic Podcast. We discuss geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me tonight is... Sean McGuffin. And Robert Thomas. And we're recording on June 17th, 2022. So, uh, welcome back everybody. It's been a while, as it has been the last year or so. We're just hmm. uh, never putting out episodes because uh, our schedules are super fucked up. Mostly it's me. But, uh, yeah. Before I get into talk to, talking about what we're talking about tonight... Um, that made sense. Um... June 17th, 2017. What happened on that day? We recorded our first episode of Almost Diplomatic. Aww. Back in the before, before times. Yeah, This is your five-year anniversary. Yeah, I I, I got a... So cute. OneDrive reminded me. He's like, oh, you have a picture from this day. I was like, what the hell is this? I'm like, oh my god. It's a a picture of me, Rob, Kevin, and Lax just in, in Kevin and Lax's old apartment. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a omnidirectional mic sitting on a plastic box uh, in the <laughs> middle of their living room. Uh, we the the episode we recorded it was called. Hold on, I, I have to look it up because it's no longer available because it's it sucks so bad. So it's just not strange. But it's like a the South China Sea Kofefe. Oh, I <laughs> forgot when that horrible <laughs> fake word was in the news. It's a real word, sir. Excuse <laughs> you. <laughs> it's a Webster's dictionary. Look it up. It's a spasm. I so hope they put it in Webster's dictionary. By the way, in Webster's, I, I don't. Why? Why must you do this to me? I don't know. It would be fun. Moving anyway, on. we're not talking about Moving on. tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about um, Ireland and kind of what's been going on the last couple of years and really, the, really the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, really doing some of the elections that have gone on and also uh, the Northern Ireland protocol and everything going on. But we'll get to that. Uh, before that. We're drinking tonight. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, we could do a beer. You know, it probably would have been Guinness. But I was like, you know, I got for my birthday, I got Jameson. So we're drinking Jameson Irish whiskey uh, tonight. When when Ryan said we're going to be drinking Jamo for this, me and Rob got very, very concerned. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be something. Well, just in case there was any doubt about where Ryan's sympathies may lie on this whole topic. He's an impartial observer of the facts. Definitely doesn't, you know, tie himself up with this as part of his identity. We definitely didn't do a live event on this, like, three years ago. That wasn't recorded for a very good reason. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was too much fun for anyone to see. <laughs> Another event from back in the before times. Another event from the before times. Yeah, we did the Irish Hardwater in that episode. So it's kind of what we talk about tonight, but... Um... Yeah, that's before the agreement came into effect. With the protocol, whatever we want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just to kind of give background information for in case people have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, um, it's really all kind of stems from Ireland, Northern Ireland, two separate things. Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain. Ireland, Ireland is the Republic; it's its own sovereign nation. Um, in Northern Ireland, in particular, they had the Troubles for decades, which was just sectarian violence between. The Catholics, mostly probably uh, aligned through Catholics and Protestants, but also really nationalists and unionists. So nationalists are those people who want to reunify Ireland, and unionists who want to stay within part of Great Britain. Which which still stuck to sectarian religious lines by by a great degree. 
Yeah, it's a much more eloquent way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, in, in 1998, they had the Good Friday Agreement, which basically ended the violence, mostly, uh, and, you know, the establishment of, of, you know, more better rights for, for uh, the nationalist uh, side of the, the spectrum in Northern Ireland. And what was one of the key things that was true when those uh, agreements happened? Hmm? Borders. Well, why borders weren't so much of an issue then and are now? <laughs> oh, yes, because we had Brexit, the, the greatest decision made by the Brits ever. The gift that keeps on giving in terms of diplomatic problems in uh, Europe to discuss. But um, I think the better way to check is, is we've had like, the elections the last couple of years. So in the Republic, uh, Sinn Féin, which is the Irish Nationalist Party, also a leftist party, um, you know, who, who were the political wing of the Irish Republican Army who, you know, fought in the, the, the revolution against Britain, but also continued being a terrorist group after the treaties were made. I'm not going to get to those because, like, it's so much history, so complicated subject, and it's there is, important. There is a long, this. complex, violent, and tragic history uh, that could fill... A, quite a long time beyond what we're covering today but and before like 1998 if you talked about terrorism anywhere in the world you're like oh yeah in ireland you didn't talk about anywhere you didn't really think about everywhere else when they talked about it in books and schools it was all right let's look at uh how this has been unfolding for the past 30 years and what was their symbol a ski mask and an armalite rifle which is if people don't know an ar-15 well, and, and, and I, okay, as far as a branding thing, that's a thing where, like, are we the baddies? Like, you might want to pick something that makes you look slightly less like the terrorist organization that, well, you are, but... Yeah, that's an argument for a different day. Yeah. Discussion really for another day, because they talk about the different uh, sectarian militias and terrorist groups and stuff. Yeah. But, um, 2020 was, a, it was that election in Ireland, and generally it's always, um... I wrote down the names in Irish, which, if anyone's ever read a word in Irish, you probably got it wrong. Because <laughs> there's, I don't understand how it works or how it figures out, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't transliterate very well. The, the orthography is different than most European languages. A, a beautiful, beautiful language, though. I, I love hearing Irish spoken. Also, um, Google the word orthography. Word of the day, class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about dropping in those uh, SAT and GRE words for people. But uh, Gives people some homework to do afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the whole foreign policy aspect, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if, if they're lost coming out of this, then they're probably going to yeah, stay If that's the most confusing thing we talk about, then we did very good. Yeah, uh, Fianna Fáil and Fiann Gael are the two center-right parties who've basically been traded back and forth the last 90 years of Irish uh, sovereignty. Or, well, technically it wasn't a sovereignty, it was a free state, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's complicated. Um, and <laughs> Evolution into sovereignty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 1937 when it became the Republic, I believe. Um, but Surprised you don't have a tattoo of that somewhere. Why would I? I don't understand the. I don't understand the application. Well, of course not. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yep. Anyway, Ryan's sympathies remain obscure, <laughs> anywho, or unknowable. Anywho, anyway. Anyway, so so the twenty twenty election. Anyhow, um, yeah. So we talk about Sinn Fein and in, in, in the Republic won more seats than they originally they usually get. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the end it was thirty seven seats were won for them. 
Fingale 135, Finafel, <laughs> Finafel 138. Uh, so it's it's a really a jump for them, but I don't think that it's really along nationalist lines. I don't think that people. I don't think the people of Ireland are really. Cl- are too, I mean, maybe they do want unification, but I think they're clamoring for it. I think this is more an issue of, hey, uh, the economy sucks. <laughs> we should do something about it. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they're they're one of the world. Ireland's one of the fastest growing economies, but at the same time, they have high rental rates, housing costs, homelessness issues, like you know, you know, that kind of stuff. Sounds there's, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a long established global tradition of political parties and politicians thinking that an election result is a mandate for some obscure policy agenda issue that they have when it is really people are angry about the economy. Well, I don't think they, they've really... They kind of just like, okay, cool, we won. I, I think it's mostly because, again, Sinn Féin's not it, just a nationalist party. Because I think especially in the, when the, in the U.S. people think nationalists, they think you know, right-wing, think Republican, all that kind of stuff. It's like in, in Ireland, it's like they're just leftists. Um, but... I mean, left-wing nationalism arguably has more m- more uh, deep historical roots than right-wing nationalism uh, across Europe. Well, yeah. Well, and at least their politics as of late have been very much of all right. We're going to uh, be we're going to be uh, you know left or very open on liberal pop on various like liberal social issues. And then generally socialist on various economic economic issues, and it sounds like that's resonated a lot with the younger generation. Again, sounds familiar. Um, and I mean, status quo doesn't really work well, uh, or when the uh, the status quo pol- uh, political parties don't really do well when things are, you know, going bad or not really improving. Yeah, well, just status quo, but incumbents. Yeah. Period. Fair. I yeah. mean, I mean, like I was saying, you know. That's a better way to put. There are there are a lot of parties that think that election outcomes are mandates for far more obscure and and niche policy issues than something that's as big of a topic as Irish reunification. But ultimately, like the number one thing that that I would point to with election outcomes is people get mad at incumbent parties and politicians yeah. when yeah. pocketbook yeah. issues are affected. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's what we saw mostly there, and then it was it was a big deal, but it wasn't like the the world changing kind of thing. And then about a month ago, Sinn Fein in Northern Ireland, which has direct ties to the Provos, they're whispering to each other, they're trying We're to get, trying to get, get more, more whiskey, more whiskey. <laughs> but um, put too much ice in mine; it's a little watered down. But um, yes. yes. <laughs> Good, Anakin. Yes. <laughs> Use your whiskey. <laughs> Let it, it flow through you. <laughs> give it to the J-Mo. <laughs> uh, I'm the one with the Obi-Wan Kenobi-themed uh, liquor glass here. Um, the Sith are on either side of me. <laughs> and if you didn't think Ryan... Uh, if you didn't think Ryan was someone who had Star Wars-themed whiskey glasses, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, mine says, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, same. <laughs> What were we talking about? Anyway, yes. it's Ireland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sidetracking. Um, Whiskey got distracted. Um, that never happens on this podcast. Yeah, yes. no. Never. Never going weird rants either. But uh, but yeah, Sinn Féin for the first time was the largest party in n- the Northern uh, Irish elections. Yes. 
which has never happened before. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's kind of really, that's a big deal because that's when everyone's like, oh shit, are we going to have a border poll? Virtually doesn't know what a border poll is. Essentially, it's like this long drawn out process for deciding that Ireland should, the, the, the island itself should reunify through peaceful means and democratic means. And that was part of the Good Friday Agreement as well, that should a majority of the people on uh, in the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland wish to do so, then that they could reunify. Um, although, how close do we think that is to happening now that Sinn Féin is technically the largest party? Because as we just mentioned before with their kind of surge in the Republic of Ireland, one thing doesn't automatically equal the other. Yeah, I think I, I think there's some... I mean, again, I think they, they won out because of, like, more, like, economic focus policies. Bread right? and butter issues. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, because Northern Ireland's not doing well, especially with Brexit. You know, it's not, it was doing, not doing well before, it was doing worse now uh, because of that. And then. I mean, they're caught in a very, very strange economic position due to Brexit. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that the the protocols negotiated for this process involved essentially creating a, a customs boundary between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK instead of between Northern Ireland and the rest of the EU. That makes things messy uh, in terms of local economics, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is certainly a key factor here. One Sinn Féin official said, like, in the next five years, we could potentially see a border poll. So not like next week or two weeks from now or something like that, but it's like down the road they could they could. And that's also still one individual. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's, it's not, not party platform. Yeah, they're not pushing on it. They're not really. I think they're they're playing it smart. They're kind of like, okay, we'll just do this part. Like, hey, look how. And I think their biggest argument. I mean, I, I said this before when we we did, again we did that that event. That was actually our first event ever too. Um, we did the Irish Hard Border, and we talked about hey. Brexit was the biggest gift to the Irish nationalists because it's just like you're gonna fucking make economically terrible for people. Be like, you know what? I'd rather join the Republic than be a part of, you know, this broken shithole country that is the UK. Ryan, we said be good. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot to bring the spray bottle of water. I forgot to bring the spritz bottle. I have one at home. (laughs) But um, well, but but yeah, that's uh. Brexit certainly didn't help things, but their current status is in limbo where part of Good Friday is that they cannot have a border as far as like checkpoints and passports between the North and the Republic of Ireland. Uh, and so when the UK left the EU, part of the whole thing was regaining control of their borders. And because they can't put one through the middle of Ireland, which would break the agreement and possibly lead to violence that has been ended now for you know 20 plus years well well okay has been less over the 20 plus years mostly tamped down it's it's okay so i mean there there are let's talk about this before we jump into the the next part of this but like um there is one party it's they're uh sira which again spelled not the way you would think it's spelled uh and they are unofficially officially the political wing of the new ira so yeah, because Sinn Féin kind of let down that mantle in order to be a legitimate political party. <laughs> yeah, so you, you have these guys, and the, the guy who who's, who runs it is just, I, I'm pretty sure he's the one who runs it. He's former convicted IRA guy. Christ. 
And like you know, in the new IRA is like the combination of the real IRA and the Republicans again action against drugs, which is basically like a weird thing. Over, I think they kind of turned into a criminal organization where they were killing killing drug dealers and stuff, but also like other people. It was a whole thing. Sounds like the Dare uh, thing in yeah. my elementary school. Yeah, that the went Dare really program hard got radicalized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it's kind of I mean, not far off of as far as I understand of it, but um, they formed like. They've killed people. They, I mean, not like mass things or major targets, but like you know, they target policemen and you know they they drop bombs off in places and stuff like that. I mean, they're not super effective, but they you know they're out there doing this stuff still. And that and that party openly calls sort of like, hey, you know, if we had to have armed rebellion, you know, why not? Not a big deal. We should just do it, you know. And you know, that's been a whole issue. They, but it's like they're 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 very much like um, a. What's the best way to put it? They're, they're not popular party. They're not like mainstream. They're a fringe organization. Yeah, fringe. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so it's not something to be concerned. So it's out there, but it's like, like Newsweek had this article on it. It was very like, clickbaity. It was like, that's, that's, I don't think this is a consistent thing in Ireland. But yeah. But anyway. Well, it, that, I mean, that does point to something important, though, which is that in many quarters, there's sort of this perception that, you know, Europe as a continent is somehow past war. Uh, that that times are peaceful now and they will inevitably stay that way when the reality is that just like any other society in any other place there are points of tension where if circumstances were to evolve in the right way you you could and have in many cases over the last few decades had real violence flare up and we shouldn't take peace for granted peace is something that we have to work to maintain ryan smirking i, I was gonna say something but as we yeah talked yeah, but, um, yeah. And, uh, but no it's like he uh, hasn't had quite enough of his whiskey to <laughs> yeah. flippantly dismiss the value of peace in and of itself yeah exactly but no i mean and that's really what we come down to uh the northern ireland northern ireland protocol mm-hmm. which essentially was a deal part of brexit um to maintain the Good Friday Agreement, it was to maintain open borders between um, Northern Ireland and Ireland, but but the heart, but the, basically we have a hard border at the ports in Northern Ireland to the rest of the UK. So basically, it's been called the border. It's been called the uh, border border in the Irish Sea. Yeah. yeah. Um. And 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 we it's it mostly you know everyone can agree. Okay, this works. This maintains the agreement. There's not gonna be a hard because they don't they don't want hardened borders at 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 the border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, or Ulster. Yeah, I mean, but basically. It, yeah. Basically. But, so it, but then, you know, in the last week, which is really good we're talking about this, actually, we, we, kind of, we were supposed to do this before, we kind of pushed it back, and I'm, I'm glad we You're kind of did. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, the Brits want to change the deal, apparently. Or at least especially Johnson. Yeah, he's been really yeah. Because I mean, there's there's been or the PM yeah in the parliament. There's been pushback already. Like so, so I, I forget which which MP said it, but it was like this is like the nuclear option for Rhode Island. So, well, I mean, it, it, let's let's discuss what, what, what they're proposing. With apparently what's been publicized at least, and like what's initially been spoken about is having like a green lane and a red lane. A green lane is basically stuff traveling to Northern Ireland that is just going Northern Ireland and not to Republic. No way they really track that at all. Yeah, they have, they'll have essentially trusted suppliers, which means a company would get a stamp or some type of approval to not have to go through customs to move from the UK 
into Northern Ireland. However, it doesn't sound like, I mean, I, I don't trust companies to just go, oh yeah, we're not going to start moving things and yeah, uh, that we shouldn't be. <laughs> well, and, and you know, in theory, the trusted supplier status is the kind of thing that would allow you to vet, you know, is a company going to hold to its commitments there? If not, then they lose that status at great economic cost to them. Yeah. But part of the question is, well, does everyone else trust that the UK will provide adequate oversight of all of this? Because the key here is that these are unilateral proposed changes yes, yes. Uh, after these agreements were negotiated by Britain, the EU, and Ireland and, and Northern Ireland, you know, over the sort of aftermath of Brexit. This wasn't something that was just a unilateral British policy. It is now something that they are unilaterally trying to change, which is the source of a lot of the angst about all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty contentious. Even like people in the U.S. have been, I think Schumer, uh, Senator Schumer came out and said uh, something along the lines of like, hey, this is not good for the, the peace. This is not, this will not result poorly, you know, da da da. Because it will actually, actually, it's funny the fucking the peace thing, because like each side, like the, um, the T-Shock, <laughs> Uh, the base of the Prime Minister of Ireland, uh, Mikhail Martin, um, came out and said, hey, blah, 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 this could violate the Good Friday Agreement. We shouldn't do this. And then you have Liz Truss, who's the Foreign Secretary of the UK, saying, hey, um, <laughs> this is actually violating the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah. So there's just this, like, it's like, I you don't mean know. the status quo is violating it. Yeah, the, the current, 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 current yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. So this current situation is violating it, um, and it's just like, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of like, trust. Have you read the fucking Good Friday? Agreement? Well, there are a lot of accusations back and forth <laughs> yeah. of pe- people in various decision making positions, uh, quote unquote, not getting the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, it's it, it's something that everyone quotes because it's basically universally praised as doing what it was supposed to do uh but that means that both sides will quote it to their heart's content uh to do whatever they want to do well some similarity to various other uh key political and other texts in that people are more interested in many cases in finding sound bites to justify what they already wanted to do instead of actually understanding where the text might suggest they need to change their own behavior. Yeah, very true. Very true. Well, and the other major points of the that the bits wanted to change, I think there were four. One was the green lane, red lanes. Yeah. Which which we didn't discuss, but the red lane was um uh, essentially, you know, people go through normal checks and stuff like that. Da, da, da. Normal, Exports normal customs, as they would be exported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Normal protocols and stuff like that. Um which, you know, they're already kind of supposedly doing. Um, yeah, red lane would be go through roughly what the status quo is now. Green lane would be the shortcut around that. Uh, and so some of the other parts that the Boris Johnson and the UK generally want to implement is they want to move away from the uh, ECJ, the European Court of Justice, which arbitrates disputes 
um, or trade disputes amongst uh, Northern Ireland and the rest of the EU. Yeah, they, they want they want independent arbitration, which the EU is kind of like fuck that. The the EU looked at them sideways. Um, it's similar to their system currently with the EU and Switzerland have something set up where it's a bit. Um, it's not going through the ECJ. It's going through a different, smaller court that they set up to handle that. And then the other, uh, one of the other major points is the Brits want to have much more control over the types of uh, government subsidies and regulations that go into industries in Northern Ireland, which they want because, well, it's a essentially sovereignty type issue, and the EU wants to oppose because if goods are moving freely across Northern Ireland and Ireland, they don't want to have uh, allow undue economic advantage within a free trade zone that another country does not participate in. Um, so it's it's a complex issue where one side, both sides have at least somewhat reasonable points of their their concern. Well, and I mean, it's worth noting that a big part of the pushback from the EU is not just on the substance of those things, but on the idea of Britain unilaterally making these yes. changes. And and so the EU's position is this is a blatant violation of international law. If if you want to change things, we sit down and negotiate changes that we can all agree on. And the position of the UK is there is a situation of sufficient mm-hmm. kind of urgency and exigency to this that it provides a warrant of some kind to override international agreements, which is not in anything that I've seen been very fully fleshed out into any sort of kind of full-blown legal argument so much as the gist of what one might be. Well, in in the uh, protocol, when it was first set up, there were some very... Uh, the technical term is loosey-goosey clauses added yeah, in there. Yeah, that's what it is. Y- you're welcome. Um, Official jargon. You have to go to grad school for that. Yeah, yeah. That's another GRE word. Um, you know, me and Bob looked at these beforehand. Uh, but there were some clauses. Hey, I will have you know the verbal portion of the GRE was my strongest section. Mm, go away. <laughs> um, but uh, there were some uh, loose terms in there saying that sides can make adjustments to the agreements. If it violates uh, key tenants, and they listed out the tenants of like economic, environmental, and other things like that, that if if the protocol as set up violates certain key tenants of, that they listed, then they can adjust the protocol. The Brits have taken that to say, all right, we're going to make big changes. And the EU says that, one, we disagree with your premise that you can make changes at all based upon the situation, and two, these are far bigger than the protocol allows yeah i think i think the uk is kind of making this argument where we're, we're borscht really borscht again boris johnson more making these arguments that like essentially the big thing is that boris johnson wants to have uh he's pushing this because for constitutional reasons like okay so the, the the constitutional rights of the people living in northern ireland is being violated because of this agreement that's what the argument he's making um, and it's like there's certain points like you're you're kind of cut off because you have a border between you and the rest of your country. It's like it's like, you know, which they should do, which is they should have a hard border between 
into Maryland and Virginia, <laughs> um, you know, what they should do really and, and then deal with the consequences later. I don't um, know that Ryan has thought through this well, given that he's the uh, aggressive Maryland partisan who owns property in Virginia that we are <laughs> sitting in as we speak. And on a podcast with two Virginians. So wait, Little Green Men eventually, yeah, but I'm being oppressed in Virginia, so Little Green Men eventually so will come the across the border. No, Little Green Men are going to liberate me. It's there's fine. a lot of subtext about <laughs> Ryan's feelings on the Arlington County government here. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love Arlington. <laughs> um, I really do. But no, um, joke, joke, the ARA, the Arlington Republican Army, founded by Ryan Young in 2023. It's just Ryan drinking Jameson and getting mad <laughs> and shouting at school buses for oppressing his. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, remember when we were calling my 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 property the um, Arlington Free Arlington uh, Free Zone? No. It, Never mind. Never mind. I, I I lost it. The Maryland Free State or whatever you want yeah, to say. Yeah, it, it was it was something like that. It was ridiculous. It was it was anyway. It's an exclave of Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> like God. It's, it's a it's a it's a consulate. It's not full embassy status. <laughs> Do you not see the flag behind you? It has the, a cartoon character on it. He's not a cartoon. He's a real man. Shut up. <laughs> it is the Natty Bow mascot, by the way, for, <laughs> for you kids at home. <laughs> yeah, Google it. But um. <laughs> Um. No. Anyway, we're getting. I'm. I'm. I'm derailing the podcast. Um. That's never happened before. Yeah, I would never do that to my own podcast. It's crazy. It's called JMO. It's called Jameson. But um, what it's it's. I don't even know what the point I was saying. But the thing I want to bring up is that the, um, the constitutional issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so they bring it, which which has validity to it to a certain degree, but it's also kind of like the same time. Good Friday picked precedent for that because you want peace and you don't want to upgrade the issue but it's like at the same time where you're seeing the you're seeing the fucking dup the democratic unionist party so the party has always had power remember back when shinfei took most of the fucking seats in in northern ireland yeah i guess who fucking didn't the dup for the first time ever <laughs> and they're mad as shit so they're not forming a government because they're like oh the northern ireland protocol is in the way so we can't do it yet and there is supposed to be a power-sharing arrangement yes, in yeah. the Northern Irish government. So, they're, yeah, so they're, that's what's happening right now, um, which which is bullshit. They're, I mean, they're, I mean, they're they're doing a super filibuster for those familiar with American yeah, politics of yeah. freezing everything because they can. They're delaying a government. Like, yeah, they're delaying mean? the formation of any government. Yeah, who is who is the DUP's Ted Cruz? That's the real question. <laughs> Hopefully no one, probably, but probably probably, probably... probably any of them. Probably somebody. <laughs> probably any of them. Fucking... Ryan. Spritz bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... No, I mean, it's, so it's just, like... It's it's problematic that they're doing that, but it's also kind of, like... I, I, I get it to a certain degree in that... Did you find the Ted Cruz? No. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> um, But, yeah, it's... it's so we're seeing where it's going to turn into i guess it's 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 problematic to say the least i mean i don't know when i don't know i don't know this is gonna be like okay next week they'll form a government everything will be fine or it's gonna be like or it's gonna be like belgium was for a while where they didn't have a government for years yeah which is you know for the you know that could lead to like parties like shira getting more powerful and things like that you know and other than unionist militias like getting arms like it could it could create an environment that could spur violence. Well, and I mean, in the meantime, let's note that 
the British position on this matter is not a unanimous position of everyone involved in the government of the UK that's just, you know, going to sail through in two minutes. The reality is that there's a lot of contentious politics about this within the UK as well. And, I mean, we're, we're talking about probably a fairly long, drawn-out process to get these changes pushed through the UK government if they're able to get adequate buy-in and there's pushback from within the, within the government itself, within their block of parliament. There's pushback from the House of Lords whole bunch of skepticism from different quarters so this isn't likely to be an overnight thing nor are any of the legal issues that the eu is pushing against the uk about this so there is plenty of time for this to drag out and evolve in either expected or unexpected ways yeah my my question and this is just kind of something i randomly thought when i was like doing my reading last night um do we think that wanting to make the changes to the protocol now has something to do with Sinn Féin winning? Well, I think there have been more questions about whether the changes have to do with Boris Johnson's recent challenges. Yeah, I mean, that's also is, 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 so. Is this really just a domestic issue that that, that you know? Is this, it's just like oh, he's trying to do a party gate? I mean, despite the degree to which certain IR theorists like to imagine otherwise domestic politics are and always have been everywhere and every when one of the most important drivers of foreign policy so there's some plausibility behind that on the face of it and although with that said I think that Johnson would have wanted to make these changes regardless but in my opinion the answer is yes to both but, I mean, he's currently in trouble for hosting a party at, uh, at you know, 10 Downing Street during COVID restrictions, which was technically illegal. Although, he'll get in more trouble for uh, kind of for setting the rules and then intentionally breaking them than actually any penalties he'll face for hosting a party. And then some Hypocrisy other... Hypocrisy always goes over very well, it, you know? It is not a favorite amongst the public of the world. Um... But when he came to power as prime minister in the first place, he wanted a much more resolute and hard bargain with the EU and couldn't get one. Uh, so I think it's definitely domestic, but I have no doubt that he would have done this whenever he could have. Well, I think that mostly because, like, I remember when they were making the deal for the Northern Ireland Protocol and all that kind of stuff. Boris Johnson was kind of, like, very dismissive of Ireland, Northern Ireland. He's kind of like... If we lose it, we lose it. Whatever, I don't really care. It'd be probably better. They they dropped the DUP like a like a bag. Of oh tricks. yeah, they yeah. they were just like, eh, I don't care much about you. <laughs> Actually, it's like you're my least favorite child. Once <laughs> once once uh once Johnson's party, the Conservative Party, got enough seats and they no longer needed the votes of uh the DUP, the the stickiness of the Northern Irish question quickly started to go by the wayside uh, to at least the DUP's detriment. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it is uncanny that he did announce it a week or two after Sinn Féin became the largest party in the Northern Irish Parliament. Yeah, I agree that they just kind of like... Is this a move to... I mean, is, is this, this is just being conspiracy... Not conspiracy theory, kind of, but kind of like, you know... I already have my tinfoil hat on. 
I mean, you wear, you wear it everywhere. It's kind of hard, hard when you're not wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, kind of like, okay, they don't want to have a border poll. So they really need to try to fix people not be, people being happy. And that's, I think it's, it's less that Sinn Féin won, but they're also like, oh, shit. People aren't happy because the economy sucks and, and, our, and our border in the sea is not, you know, people aren't really thrilled with that since we kind of dumped Northern Ireland before. It was like, oh, yeah, those people. I probably should try to keep the UK, the UK, not just Great Britain. Well, either that or, or in longer term economics, they want to make sure that uh, that region is more economically tied to the rest of the UK, which a lot of their proposed changes would help further encourage rather than being tied towards the EU in general and the Republic of Ireland specifically, because, well, I mean, again, maybe or maybe not, but now that there is a, uh, the dominant party in uh, Northern Ireland is a nationalist party that supposedly does not want to be part of your country, it could be something where we need to do this now rather than later. Well, and let's also note, though, their, their electoral successes in a contingent way don't necessarily mean that they're dominant Good point. In, Absolutely. In Northern yeah. Irish politics. They, they don't have a majority enough to make a parliament by their own either. But I, I do think that this points to something that is often neglected in the background of all kinds of aspects of European politics, not just with the UK, which is how much of a prickly process there is for different countries that have a history as truly independent great powers on the world stage grappling with how they fit into a global context in the 21st century where Europe's unity is a key pillar of its strength as other parts of the world either have caught up or are catching up in their economic diplomatic and military heft and i mean whether it's the uk or france or germany or others there there is a lot of prickliness and messiness and uncertainty beneath the surface that sometimes overtly and sometimes kind of in subterranean ways uh shapes weird behavior around intra-EU politics, and now with Brexit, politics between the UK and the EU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of... It's Ryan just... has poured his third glass of Jameson, <laughs> as you can see by his astute and academic observation of Rob's well-thought-out argument. <laughs> there were no GRE words in that response. You even had some pictures. It was impressive. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, I didn't bring a flip chart with me. Mm. Your e- I, your I could have used the white bar, the whiteboard wall if I was sitting in your seat. You, I mean, you did it all with. I don't an, have long enough arms to reach over you and effectively draw on. You that. did all of it with an etch a sketch, which was, I think, even more impressive. So, <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, we're kind of getting down to the end of it. Anyone have any final thoughts, or were you just ready to? Uh, I suppose mine would just be that it's important to never take the status quo for granted. There's a lot of complexity, a lot of messiness, a lot of risk involved in the situation between 
the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and the UK right now, not to mention the connections to the broader EU. Yeah. And there are all kinds of different directions this could go in the long term beyond the next couple of weeks. Hopefully enough people in decision-making roles in different parts of this system will be mindful of the variety of different trajectories this could take so that we end up with at least a a less bad outcome than we could end up with, if not some sort of wonderful, perfect outcome. Yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting going forward how... Uh... I mean, we talked a ton today about Sinn Féin uh, because, well, they've been making a lot of moves recently. It'll be interesting going forward how much that is either a sign of things to come or a trivia fact or that was a blip on, you know, a blip on the radar. Because a lot of their success, as we mentioned, was because of bread and butter political issues, not a, you know, dissolution of the United Kingdom. And it's lot, the economy, stupid. It's the economy, stupid. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting going forward how that relates because they're small fish amongst uh johnson the british parliament the eu's threatening a lot of things over this unilateral change so it'll it'll be fascinating to find out if uh if if it becomes a dominant issue as far as the status of northern ireland or if it just becomes something that has occurred but things generally as far as the big issues remain the same yeah, I, th I think it's going to be interesting to see, really, I think the, the key thing is, like, see the next election for yeah. both, both, both Ireland and uh, Northern Ireland. And to kind of see, like, what, what you know, is this, a, is this a continuing issue? Are they getting more seats or getting less seats? You, know, you go back to, was this, again, like you said, like, was it a blip in the radar history, you know, or is it just something that's going to go for change? We'll see if they can reform a government sooner rather than later, or if they're going to hold out because the uh, Northern Ireland Protocol and Boris Johnson and all that bullshit. But um, yeah, maybe we'll do one down the road, or maybe we should also look at doing one down the road, like on on Ireland itself, because like it's such a complex, crazy history. Like it's just the troubles, or just the the war of independence from the oppressor UK. You were so good for so long. And <laughs> no, he wasn't. He, yeah, he, he wasn't. was less bad than he could have been. He was far less bad than 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 he could have been. I don't know what you're talking about, but anyway. Yeah, you do. Uh, Solancha. Which is Irish Cheers. Oh, there we go. All right, that was almost a Mac. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.